you're listening to the Muslims Down Under podcast. In this podcast, we reflect on topics related to Islam and Muslims, those that are often ignored or misinterpreted. Open your mind to understand what unites us and become mates with Muslims. Experience discrimination, contemporary and Welcome back to another episode of the Muslims Down Under podcast. In this current series, we've been discussing topics revolving around social justice. My name is Bushra and I'll be your host today. And joining me for this episode is Sabah Janud, who is a mother of two beautiful children. Welcome and peace be upon you, Sabah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be back and super, super excited to be talking uh, on this episode in particular. So in this episode, we wanted to discuss the concepts surrounding modern feminism and ask the question, has modern feminism failed women? We'll unpack this, but also focus on motherhood and how the concepts surrounding feminism are failing this very important role in particular. I mean, it's about time that we discuss this. I think that if not already, it's so important for it to be brought to, you know, the attention of women and even men for that fact. It's just really important to understand how the concept of feminism and motherhood do work together. They, they are not separate, you know, entities there. And, you know, when working together, I think, you know, it creates, you know, the ultimate sort of superpower. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think to start, let's start with gender roles. You know, there are fundamental differences between men and women. And I think that these differences, they must be acknowledged and honoured. But these feminist movements over time, they've attempted to blur the behavioural dichotomy of gender, I think. And, you know, this has been a staple of modern feminism that has been relatively successful in getting people to question the realness or the validity of gender as a concept and in turn it has had severe consequences for society and I think this has only created more issues that plague society because we've forgotten our fundamental inherent roles as men and as women. So in your view what place do women have in society? What are the roles a woman should be celebrated for? Oh, you know, okay, so firstly, to answer, you know, whether modern feminism has failed us, I think simply put, it absolutely has. You know, what their cause and what their fight is has truly underpowered, underestimated, and it, it just hasn't given women what they truly deserve. And it's so sad because, you know, what they're fighting for is you know, are, are basically rights, right? They think that they're, have, they've empowered women with choice and with rights. But have they really, you know, by diminishing or blurring those lines, have you said, as you've said, of gender roles, have they really done us a service or a disservice? And I strongly feel that they have done women a great disservice because when you blur those gender roles, you basically, especially with this whole feminist movement, you basically deny the existence of women eventually because the standard that we're living up to is men. We're trying to follow men. We're trying to 
follow in their footsteps. We're trying to do what they're doing. Um, And that is sort of the definition as making it, you know, as... um, as fulfilling the purpose of the feminist movement is being right up there with the men and doing exactly what they're doing. But in doing so, you're erasing women. You're, you don't, you're erasing women altogether. Men and women have been made differently. You know, there's, you know, God has, def- has created us so and given each of us, you know, innate strengths. Um, and honestly, if we just, stuck to those I think overall within ourselves we would be so much happier and there was there would be so much more contentment which then also translates to overall you know happier society more content society more fulfilled society because we're fulfilling the roles that you know have been innately made for us um which is you know it's filling our cup and it's keeping us happy and content basically but when we deny all of that when we deny the specific purposes or that you know men and and women have been designed for then I think it just creates a whole myriad of of issues within society and I mean, we can see, we can see those issues coming to rise already, some more so recently and some, you know, for generations now we've been dealing with a lot of mental health issues, you know, domestic violence, you know, depression, um, suicide, all these things, you know, do stem back to not understanding our abilities as men and women and, you know, trying to fight trying to fight those innate abilities, I think. Yeah, and I think modern feminism fails to be pro-women because it often brushes off those women who don't believe that smashing the patriarchy or breaking those socially constructed gender roles, you know, will solve any problems. And the idea that men have always oppressed women and that feminism had to come along and free us, I think, is just overly simplistic. I think feminism created a landscape in which women could, to an extent, exercise choice. And the pro-choice movement is one of the most, you know, recognized slogans of modern feminism. And this is because prior to this, the many achievements of women's liberation movements were actually defined by the absence of choice. But did women really lack choice? And does modern feminism really liberate women, providing them with the freedom of choice? In essence, you know, I don't feel like we lack choice, but I think that we have been made to feel like we lack choice. And it's because of, you know, uh, movements like the feminist movements and what they fight for in the name of progression, like you were saying, in the name of liberation, the standard that's been set for us to look up to is that of men. And you know, again, you're denying, you know, the existence of God, which is the root cause of many of society's issues these days. And, you know, and because of that, we don't understand that men and women are, you know, biologically, psychologically, fundamentally made differently. And, you know, there's reason for that. And, you know, there's, there's, there's balance to that. And, you know, if we honestly, if we just take we need to just take a step back. We need to assess why we feel like this. And I think we need to stop, honestly, we need to stop looking at what society is telling us to do, you know, what the society that we're living us living in is telling us to do. And we need to really take a step back and look at things from 
our spirituality level. You know, there's this huge cancel culture around motherhood where it's looked down upon and, you know, we're erased of basically any value when in essence, when in, you know, reality, bringing up children is the most important responsibility anybody could ever have. And you're exercising, you know, levels of intelligence that men just absolutely don't have. And even as women, like until you become mothers, you will never understand the roles that you play. You know, you are a mother is not just you're not just a caretaker like and even so you know to be a nurturer and a caretaker is you have the ability to shape minds you know you have the ability to shape minds of these children you're there as a as a teacher you know as a doctor as a counselor as a there's so many roles and responsibilities that mothers take you know we are examples for our children and i think that until we accept that we won't be able to commit to our our role properly because in order to teach our kids it's not a matter of just sitting there at the table and teaching them you know their maths and english you need to set an example your kids are going to be soaking up and taking in everything that they see you do and so in order to be you know the best version of yourself and the best kind of the best mother that you can be for them you need to set an example and to do that we need to you know look at the beautiful examples within islam you know they're there they're there for us the holy prophet peace be upon him's wives are you know they embraced motherhood they valued their identities they they embraced motherhood as their identities yeah you know i was reading somewhere that a leader in the american women's liberation movement once said that no woman Women should be authorized to stay at home and raise her children. Women should not have that choice precisely because if there was such a choice, too many women would make that choice. And I think this feminist movement that subsequently followed these liberation movements, they ingrained in women from a very young age, from childhood, that girls must be taught contrary to their unique design as a woman. And that's why today I think you'll only hear it said that a woman's highest calling and value is found in things like having a career or existing in the workforce or a vacation outside the home. But as you've explained, you know, this is an inversion of God's incredible calling of motherhood, which is to nurture, to protect and teach her children, to cultivate them, to educate and encourage them to goodness. And even more than that, it is to make a home a sanctuary of love, of peace and safety for the entire family. And, you know, this is a full-time 24-7 role that is not easy because it is an act of complete selflessness every single day. And so I think to only have a career or a profession and then barely enough energy to see your child, it's not really a true choice. And anytime we go about dismantling traditional structures like family and motherhood and fatherhood, society has always led to many forms of social injustices that occur at every level of society. And, and you know, then it's then that we see the multitude of problems that we're witnessing throughout society in this day and age. In all honesty, you are actually a great inspiration for me. Um, and I've said this many a time over and to many people, and I pray that the God enables you to continue doing all the work that you're doing to the standard that you've been doing it. Um, you know, you are not only working, but you run your home, your household. You have three beautiful children who are well taken care of. You are doing, you know, you work for, you know, you do volunteer work for Muslims and under and also other departmental work for the Ahmadiyya Muslim community as well. 
Um, and you know, that's all volunteer based. So how do you manage it all? And how have you been able to, you know, sort of tie in all your responsibilities and still be able to commit and, you know, give your time to all, all of these things that you do? So this is a hard question to answer, so I don't think I've done anything special or extraordinary in my life. Um, I am very grateful for the opportunities that have come my way. I think for me it helps me to remember the distinction between have to and get to. If any type of work I'm doing, whether it's as a mother in my career or in the volunteer capacities I work with, if that work feels like I have to do it all the time, I think that's when it becomes a burden. It's something that I then don't enjoy doing that I don't get fulfillment from. So I constantly try to remind myself that this is something that I get to do, that I'm privileged to be able to do that. You know, Almighty God has enabled me to do this, that he has given me the capacity and the capabilities and the opportunity to be able to do anything. And then I think I also like to constantly evaluate myself as well that although I have chosen to pursue a career, although I have taken on board these volunteer roles as well, ultimately what are my priorities in life? What matters most to me? Am I giving those roles the justice they deserve? Am I making sure that the obligations I have as a mother, as a wife, are they being fulfilled? In my career, you know, am I making sure that I am giving my career the due diligence it deserves, the hard work it deserves? In my volunteer roles, am I giving these roles my best effort according to the best of my abilities? And at any time when I feel like I'm not giving any of these roles the you know the attention that they deserve that's when you know I need to change something in the way I do things or the way I manage things as well and I think sometimes I've experienced that there's this understanding that you know becoming a mother has no value that you know my profession or my career or other things in my life are kind of more important which I disagree with and you know because I've tried to keep my priorities front and center as a mother I think that's also what's helped me to get to where I am and hopefully to keep continuing you know this this question has or this topic I've been discussing quite a lot recently within my social circle about the importance of motherhood and just that lack of awareness. I think that there is a innate ability that you're given um, as a mother. Your, you know, your ability to love and care and nurture for your child, you know, those are there with every mother. But just like when you work and in your career, you know, you can sort of mediocre your way through and earn money and that's fine. But in order to excel and to um, you know, get promotions and to to be the best in your job, you need to put in the time and effort in order to do that. And I think it's the exact same thing with motherhood. You know, you can, um, you have to put in the time and effort to be able to, you know, raise your children as holistic, you know, well-rounded, good, decent people. And, you know, it's, and I think that it's just not a matter of putting the TV on and, or, um, you know, just sitting there and teaching the maths and English. And, you know, that's not, that's not what, um, that's not what defines you as a good mother. I think you need to self-reflect and be 
a role model for them. And in order to do that, you know, you have to, I strongly believe that motherhood is a lifestyle. You have to live the way that you want to raise your child because they are going to pick up everything that you do and say. And, you know, you can tell them to, hey, you know, don't speak like that. We don't speak like that. But if you're reprimanding them in that same way and yelling and speaking to them like that, that's what they're going to pick up. They're going to think, oh, hang on a second. You know, they're not going to think, oh, okay, yeah, she told me not to do that. They're going to think, oh, well, you know, mum speaks like that. So that's how I'm supposed to speak as well. Like it's just little things like that. So I think that there's a lot more work that needs to be put in, you know, um, you know, paradise lays under the feet of mothers. You know, it's a saying in Islam. Um, and, it doesn't just happen. I wish that you could just become a mother and, you know, paradise is guaranteed. But in order to actually earn that paradise in the afterlife, we have to put in the time and effort to be able to, um, you know, really earn our spot. Absolutely. And, you know, motherhood and the idea of being a stay-at-home mom has somehow become one of the lowest base callings in society for a woman, unfortunately. So why do you think the role of a mother is important and essential for social equality and social justice? You know, I think that there is quite a deep-rooted issue to this question, you know, the devaluing of motherhood. I think that just on many levels, you know, there's if mothers are sitting at home, there are less people in the workforce so there's you know the issue of greed and you know the people in leadership roles and just wanting money you know money fuels money and power in the wrong hand just fuel a whole myriad of um you know societies fall down and i think that when society is devoid of god and remembering that there is a greater purpose to our life and and when you know we try and take control of things in a worldly matter then we lose sight of what's important and you know like we've been mentioning before not having god at the center of our lives and remembering that if we just put trust in him then everything else falls into place and then all these materialistic goals that we want to achieve, you know, we can very well run a household on a single income, but we want bigger houses, we want bigger and better and more cars, uh, you know, we want, we want and want and want. And because of that, you know, discontentment and unhappiness, we put this pressure on ourselves and feel like we have no choice. Both, you know, husband and wife have to work. We have to put our children into childcare, letting someone else raise them, letting someone else spend most of the day with them. You know, like you mentioned before, you come home tired and you're not able to give time to your children. They're, they're overstimulated and tired from their day not being around you. And then they might be cranky and whingy because they miss you. They need that time with their mother. And there's just, there's so much science behind the importance of motherhood as well. And I recently watched something, um, I can't remember where, but they were talking about how 18 years after a mother gave birth, there were still cells of her children in her body. So that, 
you know, that link is not just like, it's just so much deeper than we, than we think it is, you know, that the fact that she still had cells of her child in her body, you know, so you, that link is just, it's just, it runs so deep and children need that connection. They need that connection with their mothers. And there's also research to say that when, you know, mothers aren't there to give time to their children, um, that those children um, turn to turn to become adults that are a lot more aggressive as well. That was actually um, a study that I read recently. And so, you know, just there these things that we we know we're I mean they're out there but it's just not something that's brought to our attention yeah I think social media just plays such a huge role in this where we forget that that's just not real life and um you know and you see women trying to do it all it's just not possible there's time and a place and moments in time where you get to have each of those things um but you can't have it all together something will always give and it's just uh, so unrealistic to try and balance it all and I think you know even with that staying at home with your children, we need to change our mindset. And, you know, as opposed to thinking of of it as a chore um, and really enjoy the time that we get with them because they honestly, they grow up so fast. And I know people say that all the time, but you just, time is just slips away. And then you look back and you're like, I spent my whole time whinging that I wanted to get back to work, you know, for what, <laughs> for what purpose? And now my kids are grown up and I didn't get to teach them those values. And then, you know, they're not there for us anymore because we didn't teach them that. We didn't t- teach them to be caring and nurturing and to look after parents and to look after elders and to look after your siblings and, and, you know, to be good, decent human beings because we were too busy wanting to put them in childcare and too busy running after our own goals. And then, you know, when the time comes when you're now retired and sitting at home and your children aren't there for you anymore because you didn't inculcate those values within them. And again, that mindset shift where it doesn't mean that you're giving away your life if you're staying at home with your children, you know, and that's something that I've come to learn as well, that I now do things that I enjoy with my children. You know, I'm filling my cup as well as also filling their cup and spending time with them, whether that be, you know, gardening or creative outlets that I enjoy doing. Those, you know, we know that sensory activities and all those, that creative play is the best way to teach children. Um, and so I think we have to change our mindsets and we have to, there's just, there's so much information out there as well. And there's so much, um, I think we also have to give credit to our instincts. You know, I think if we just take a step back and we listen to ourselves, just, you know, listen to our instincts telling us, okay, this is what my child needs. This is what we need to give to them. And it doesn't need to be expensive. It doesn't need to, um, it doesn't need to require a lot of uh, things, a lot of resources, you know, use what you have at home, use what you have and do the best that you can with what you've got around you. I think that there is just, I think that there is so much beauty in raising children. And I just think that it's so sad that we don't see that. 
Absolutely. And I think as mothers, you know, we shouldn't put ourselves down. We should always think that everything can always be done. Everything is always possible. And we're always capable of growth, of developing ourselves and progressing our values, teaching these values to our children and make the best of our lives. And I think this is a a wonderful place to end this conversation now. So thank you so much, Sabah, for sharing your insight, your wisdom with us today and for joining us on this episode. Thank you so much for having me today. I've really, really enjoyed having this having this discussion with you. Um, I could talk about it forever and ever and ever. Uh, and maybe, you know, we might have the opportunity to do it again um, at a future time. But I really hope that our listeners, you know, our women get light and empowerment from this episode because there is so much beauty in our innate abilities and in being wives and homemakers and mothers. And I think that we just really need to take a step back and really get back to our roots now, quite honestly. So that brings us to the end of our episode. We hope you've all learned a few new things and enjoyed this conversation. And we hope that you'll join us on the next episode of the Muslims Down Under podcast. Peace be upon you.